Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Living Waters Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Eve O'Brien. As a nurse, doula, childbirth educator, and a mama myself, I've witnessed firsthand the transformative potential that lies within the sacred journey that's bringing life into the world. Together, we will explore personal stories, important birth-related topics, dispel myths, and challenge societal norms all through a lens of faith. Get ready to be inspired, educated, and empowered as we strive to reclaim God's design for childbirth. Welcome to the Living Waters Birth Podcast, my friends. I am so happy to have you here. Before we jump in, I just have to say that this podcast is not meant to be taken as medical advice of any kind and does not substitute care from your doctor or midwife. This podcast is for educational purposes only. Hello, everybody. Welcome to my first official episode of the Living Waters Birth Podcast. I am seriously so excited to be doing this. I have a lot to say and share with you guys, and I figured what better way to start this off than give moms who want unmedicated births the best advice that I have. I have had a lot of expecting mom friends come to me and ask for my advice when it comes to achieving unmedicated birth, and I have been meaning to compile this list forever so that I have it as a resource for people. Achieving a birth without an epidural or any kind of pain medication can totally be done, you guys. So that's just my first little piece of encouragement. It has been done by millions of women before you, and you can absolutely do it too if you choose to do it. But it's not easy, and I always say that doing this is like preparing for a marathon, right? So you don't just wake up one day and decide that you're going to run a 5K. You train. That is the same thing with going unmedicated, And I really believe there are so many benefits to doing so, but y'all need to take the prep work seriously. So I've compiled a list for you guys. Let's go ahead and jump in with my first tip, which is get educated. And not just you, mama, your partner as well. So this is a both of you guys' job. And there's definitely a lot to learn. I know it can feel really overwhelming, especially if this whole world is new to you. But trust me, it's definitely worth investing your time and energy and education. So if the option is, you know, like spend time building your registry or decorating the nursery or go and read a book about labor and birth and educate yourself on the whole process or listen to an audiobook or a podcast with your partner, I would absolutely choose the latter. Because here's the thing, it's super easy when your baby is four days old to order like a haka or another swaddle blanket off Amazon or have somebody pick you up something that you missed to prep during your prenatal period. But sadly, you can't take back your birth experience and give yourself a new one. So this is just something I wish that more moms knew to take seriously if they want to achieve that unmedicated birth. I have noticed such a pattern of moms, moms in general, but especially first-time moms. You know, our culture kind of puts out this narrative of like, leave it to the experts. People go to med school for this. Their knowledge base is going to be sufficient and they will take care of you. And I do believe you should trust your provider and have a trusting relationship with them, which we'll go into a little bit more in the next point. But here's the thing. 
Your provider might be an expert in what they do, but they're not an expert in your body and the birth experience that you are envisioning. And it is super valuable to have the help and opinions of professionals so that you can truly be having shared decision-making and informed consent and refusal. But these decisions are yours to make and therefore the knowledge is yours to gain. In order to make good decisions about your care, you need to have the knowledge base to do so. The fact of the matter is your provider might not have the same priorities that you do when it comes to achieving a certain type of birth experience, right? Usually their job is to deliver the baby and make sure that both mom and baby are healthy and safe. At the end of the day, they might not be so invested in making sure that you get an unmedicated birth or even a vaginal birth. And they might be trained and practicing in a way that's biased in one direction or the other, right? And that might not align with your preferences or your values. So again, we'll dive more into the whole topic of provider. My point really here is that as much as they should be educating you, most doctors and midwives are really busy and have a lot of responsibilities and they're not going to be able to educate you as in-depth as you will need to be educated to make this um, an achievable possibility. So that is that point. And also the experts, they don't take your birth experience home the way that you do. I mean, right, they might think about you sometimes, especially if certain events conspire, whatnot. I'm not trying to totally diminish that your providers care about you as people. I'm sure that they do. But they don't have to live with your birth experience the rest of their lives. You do. You take that experience home with you. And you are the one who has to heal from it, both physically and emotionally. So whether that be good or bad, you're going to be the one thinking about your birth forever. It's your story to tell, not theirs. So now I've given you that piece of advice. Here are my biggest tips for achieving it. I would, first of all, take a good out-of-hospital childbirth curriculum that teaches you what you need to know in depth. So usually if you're choosing to deliver in a hospital, they will have some kind of a birth class that you can attend. But I am going to come out and tell you that those classes usually don't go much into the physiology of labor and birth. They typically tell you how to be a good patient and what you can expect to see when you come in in labor. That is not the same thing as comprehensive childbirth education. So make sure you do your research. There are plenty of curriculums out there. Many of them are online and self-paced, which I find to be really helpful, but there are also, I'm sure, depending on your area, really good in-person classes you can take if that's important to you. My second recommendation, there are so many resources nowadays available to you on the internet, whether that be YouTube, or podcasts. Hopefully you learn something from mine, but there are also several other podcasts that are a little bit more established and have some really good information for you that I would recommend. So my first one is Pregnancy and Birth Made Easy with My Essential Birth. She is also a doula and a childbirth educator, and she covers a lot of really important topics with evidence-based information, personal stories, things that I'm striving to do similarly on this platform but she boils things down in a way that's really easy for expectant parents to understand. She has a wealth of information, so go check her out. I would also heavily recommend Built to Birth. 
Um, Bridget Tyler is the name of the face behind that channel. She has a YouTube channel with a lot of awesome information, and she also has a podcast. I think it's mostly a birth story podcast, but there is so much we can learn from other people's stories. I would say that talking to other people about their experiences is honestly one of the most powerful tools that we have. Learning from what other people went through, what do we hope to achieve similarly, what do we hope to omit? (laughs) Um, Maybe we can learn some really, really golden nuggets from other people. And I would, especially if you listen to positive birth stories, I think that's one of the best ways to equip yourself and take the fear out of childbirth, which is something that's super important. And I will also be diving back into that topic. If you are invested in some of the science and research behind common interventions in labor and delivery and the labor and birth process, which if you're not invested, I recommend you get invested because like I said before, in order to make good decisions, we need a good knowledge base. I would definitely recommend the podcast Birthing Instincts with Dr. Stu Fishbein who is an obstetrician that practiced in the hospital for many years and now is a community-based OB who works with midwives. He has a lot of great information to share. And then also evidence-based birth with Dr. Rebecca Decker. Guys, this resource is invaluable. Like if you have any questions about the unbiased truth as it relates to certain information. She has gone and dissected multiple research studies and broken them down in a way that's easy to understand. So she has a website and a podcast and I would highly, highly recommend just putting in some time with her content. Next, I would recommend reading some books. And I know this is time consuming. If you feel like you don't have the time to read, you can always listen to books on Audible. Audiobooks are a great way to absorb that content without having to actually sit down and be super focused and dedicate the time it takes to read a book. But there are some things you're gonna learn from books in a more comprehensive way than you're ever gonna learn from a podcast or a YouTube video. So some books I would recommend for you mamas, Mama Natural's Week by Week Guide to Pregnancy and Birth is phenomenal. This is by Genevieve Howland, The Face of Mama Natural, and it is kind of like a holistic, natural, what to expect when you're expecting, right, with evidence-based, up-to-date information. So she has a lot of great resources. I know she also has an online childbirth curriculum, and my husband and I actually took that when I was expecting my daughter, Avila, and it was super great, so I would recommend you look into her. Her book is awesome. I listened to a chapter a week on Audible when I was pregnant. Next, probably my biggest book recommendation for expecting mothers is Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. Now, depending on your level of familiarity with the natural birth world, you may have heard of this book. I will be upfront and say, For my mamas who are of a faith background, right, who are Christian or Catholic, it can be a little bit woo-woo sometimes, Um, or even if you're not from a faith background, there are certain things I read in that book that I was like, oh, this is like a little bit interesting, but just read it with an open mind because it has so much information to offer. She walks you through some of what she's learned as an out-of-hospital midwife, and it details some personal birth stories both good and bad so I think it's definitely like you can learn a lot from this it's not just like euphoric amazing out of hospital birth experiences but this book helped me diminish a lot of the fear I had surrounding birth 
And then another great one for expecting moms is Made for This by Mary Hasseltine. This is a book that uh, sort of incorporates Catholic theology into the journey that is pregnancy and birth, and I think it's a phenomenal resource. Now, like I said before, education is not just a you thing. It is also a your husband or partner thing as well. And some recommendations I have for them would be The Birth Partner by Penny Simkin. Now, even if you are not the spouse or partner of somebody who is expecting a baby, but you are going to be in the room, whatever your role is, um, say that you are a labor and delivery nurse, right? Like I was. I wish that I had read this book as a labor and delivery nurse. Um, Say that you are the mother of an expectant mom and you're going to be in the room when she gives birth or the sister. The Birth Partner book by Penny Simkin is such a valuable resource for you and I will just leave it there. Um, It's pretty hefty, but it's another one that is available on Audible. Another great one is Natural Birth the Bradley Way by Susan McCutcheon. And this is more of like a method book. Its whole premise is husband coached childbirth. But there are a lot of things I think you can glean from this book, even if you're not planning to follow the Bradley method to a T. Like Nick and I did not follow the Bradley method to a T, but I still gleaned a lot of useful information from this. It goes into the physiology of labor and birth, emotional signposts, ways that you can help women cope through labor. And I think that it is phenomenal. My next tip, which is nearly my most important tip, I have one that just kind of supersedes this one, but this one's super, super important, guys, and that is choose the right provider for you. So I personally would recommend if you are wanting to go for an unmedicated vaginal birth, that you do some research on the differences between the midwifery model of care and the medical model of care. Now, I cannot make the decision for you about which one is right for you. I'm not going to necessarily recommend one over the other, but I would recommend you do your research, you choose one that aligns more with your values, um, and this may kind of be dependent on your area. Unfortunately, some people have limited options when it comes to choosing a care provider, but if you're in an area where there is both, I will just tell you, do your research on the differences. I would love to dive more into the differences in a separate podcast, but that is a lot to get into. I will tell you that my husband and I delivered with midwives. They are experts in normal, low-risk birth. If you're in a high-risk situation, I would recommend maybe you find an obstetrician who really listens to you, values what you value. I would also love to do a separate episode on red flags and um, I don't know what the opposite of a red flag would be, but (laughs) good signs when it comes to choosing your provider so that if you do go the OB route, you know how to choose a good one. Just research those differences. Make sure that you're well-informed. There are options. You do not have to go see the first OB that you find on a Google search or the first OB that's covered by your insurance. There are options for you. I would also say shop around for providers. So don't just go, if you're going to go the midwifery route, don't just go with the first midwife that you meet because she's what's there shop around for midwives. Go meet with a couple other ones. If you're going to go for a birth center, go tour a couple of different birth centers. Find one that you feel really aligns with you, that you are really excited about. Pick a care provider that you click with, that you feel safe with asking questions, that you 
trust and enjoy being around. Also, when you are shopping for providers, make sure you ask about their statistics. If achieving a vaginal birth is important to you and an unmedicated birth is important to you, ask providers for OBs, what is your C-section rate? A really important one, I would say, is what is your induction rate? Because if an OB is inducing 50% of their clients, right, you got to wonder, hmm, is there a medical reason for all of these inductions? And we do know that an induction leads to a higher risk of C-section. People will argue that based on the ARRIVE trial, but based on my knowledge, the research that I have done, an induction leads you to a higher risk of C-section. So it may be something just worth considering. If you're choosing midwives, I would ask them about their transfer rate. You know, what percent of people come in in labor and end up transferring out to a hospital and why? I would ask how many patients of either the OB or the midwife end up going unmedicated. I think this is big, especially if you're choosing to go with a midwife that's in the hospital to give you an indicator of maybe how supportive they truly are of natural unmedicated birth. So ask their statistics and maybe proceed from there. That's good knowledge to have when you're choosing somebody. My third tip is choosing your labor environment and creating your labor environment, regardless of where you're going to be. This might go hand in hand with your provider, right? If you're choosing to deliver under an obstetrician, you are going to almost 100% be delivering in a hospital setting. There are some community-based OBs out there, but very, very few and far between. So most likely, OB means hospital. Many midwives also deliver in the hospital. Many midwives deliver out of the hospital. So choose. Do your research. What are some of the benefits? What are some of the risks? You essentially have three options when you're looking at delivery location. And that is either you can deliver in a hospital, which we know about 90% of women in the U.S. currently do. You can deliver in an accredited birth center, which is a medical kind of-ish facility where there are usually, there usually there's a practice of midwives, perhaps not a practice, perhaps it is owned by one midwife. And it's usually a much more homey environment and supportive of natural birth. So at birth centers, they do not typically provide epidurals. Most birth centers offer water birth as an option, which I know is increasing in popularity. That is what I personally did with my daughter, and y'all, it was heavenly. I probably won't ever choose to do anything else if I have the option. I loved having a water birth. That is not usually an option in a hospital setting. It can be. I know that there are certain hospitals across the country that offer that, but it is not the standard usually. And then lastly, you can choose to do a home birth. This is pretty straightforward. Typically, you will find midwives are the ones who deliver babies in a home setting and this can essentially look like whatever you want it to look like. Do your research about home birth. It is a beautiful option for low-risk mothers who want low intervention. It can be very, very comfortable and peaceful. There are definitely some things to consider with home birth, but know that it is an option if you are low-risk. And I guess there are other delivery locations for moms who deliver precipitously and happen to have their babies in the car or 
um, in the parking lot. My Nana had her fourth baby on her front lawn. <laughs> she always tells the story, but obviously that's not usually the plan, so I won't even count that. So that has to do with location, but creating the environment is a whole nother story. Something really important you need to be doing is supporting your labor hormones. So anything that gets that oxytocin flowing and is really supportive of your body's natural process is going to help you achieve this kind of a birth. So this is going to look like privacy, making sure that there aren't tons of strangers in your room. If you choose to deliver in a hospital, having a couple of trusted people there who can really advocate for you and be kind of a safety net, having people in your birth space that you really trust and that you are close to and have a good relationship with. If there is anybody or anything in your environment while you're in labor that's making you feel unsafe or tense, that's definitely something to consider because it can stall your labor. This also looks like lighting. Harsh lighting does a lot to make our bodies feel unsafe and our nervous systems feel like they are on overdrive. So low lighting, if you can get flameless candles, that's an awesome option that really helps set the mood. But really making that space cozy and intimate and not sterile feeling is going to be really important. And there are things you can do to achieve that if you're delivering in a hospital. Also sounds, so any loud sounds, if you can turn down the sounds of the beeping machines and monitors and whatnot, if you're in a hospital to make it more peaceful and quiet, maybe turn on some music that you find peaceful. I listened to worship during my labor and it completely changed the atmosphere. As soon as we flipped on that worship music, it was like things shifted and it made a huge difference for me. Not everybody likes that, but a lot of people do. So that's a recommendation from me. Otherwise, even listening to like nature sounds or um, birth affirmations and making sure that there aren't people just like talking at you. Tell your birth partners in advance to consider the headspace you're in while you're in labor and that you might not be in the best place to be answering questions or having conversations in the middle of your contractions. My fourth tip, another very important one, you guys, hire a doula. I'm not just saying this because I am a doula. I'm saying this because research study after research study have shown the benefits of hiring one. Less chance of a C-section, more chance of a spontaneous vaginal delivery, less of a chance of requesting pain medication, which that's the whole topic of this episode, right? So if you could literally do something that you know is proven to lessen your chances of requesting pain meds in labor, please do it. More amazing statistics about doulas. Their presence has actually been shown to increase the average five-minute APGAR scores for babies, which I think is insane and so cool. Don't ask me how, but it has been shown. Improved breastfeeding experiences and overall more birth satisfaction which is huge. If you can have somebody in your birth space that knows your preferences, that knows your goals, that knows comfort measures to help you in labor and can ground you in those preferences and goals and facilitate conversations with your care providers, that is a huge benefit, you guys. It's really invaluable. I know that people can feel like doulas are expensive, especially when you're already paying for prenatal care and your labor and your delivery and all the things that come along with a new baby but 
in my opinion, it is far worth it. And I will make the disclaimer, having a doula doesn't save you from any kind of birth experience. We can't guarantee if you hire a doula, then you're going to have this amazing, pain-free, vaginal delivery, and you don't have an epidural, and it's sunshine and roses and awesome. You still might end up with a C-section. But we know because of studies that have been done that your chances are less. The $1,000 or whatever it is that it costs for you to hire a doula is going to be less than the hospital bill for a C-section. So I'm just going to put that out there. Something else that's amazing about doulas is that they work for you. They don't work for a hospital system. They don't work for themselves at whatever delivery location, you know, say that you have out of hospital midwives and they own a birth center. Your midwife works for themselves at the birth center. Your doula works for you. So they have no interest in anything other than helping you achieve the goals you set out to achieve. And usually you guys are able to develop a personal relationship during the course of prenatals, which is going to be awesome to have in your labor space. My fifth tip is know your why and get your partner on board with you. So when you're convicted about something, you will be so much less likely to cave under pressure. And let me just tell you, there's a lot of pressure. There is a lot of outward pressure when you are trying to have an unmedicated birth, whether that be from friends or family members or the medical system or your care provider or whoever it might be. There is a lot of pressure and you need to know your why so that you can stand firm in your convictions. If you just want to have an unmedicated birth to, I don't know, because your friend did it and you decide you also want to do it, that's not going to be enough of a reason when push comes to shove. Labor is not easy. Birth is not easy. It is super achievable, but it's not easy. And when you're in the middle of labor, your friend having an unmedicated delivery is not going to be enough of a reason for you to stick it through to the end. But there are so many benefits. So research your benefits, get convicted about them, go into that space knowing your why, and you will feel empowered and equipped. And then I said also get your partner on board. You cannot do this without the support of, well, you can, but you should try not to (laughs) do it without the support of your partner. The birth experience is not just for the mom, right? It's for the couple. If your husband is able to stand with you through this experience, it will empower him to empower you, which will lead to better outcomes, not only in your birth, but also in your marriage and relationship. If your partner is on board, then things will be a lot easier for you. And if they are not on board, then that might pose a challenge. So know your why and get your partner on board. And lastly, this is my most important tip for you guys. You can do all the right things, choose the right provider, do all your research, hire a doula, whatever external factors you need to do to make this as achievable as possible, you can do those things. But my biggest top tip for you is eliminate the fear of childbirth. If you haven't heard of the fear, tension, pain cycle, you need to go and look that up right now because that is a real thing. When you are scared of birth, it is going to hurt. And when it hurts, you are more likely to request some kind of pain medication. 
The biggest takeaway that I want moms to know is that birth is a normal physiologic process. Our society treats birth like it's comparable to an injury or an illness. Like you see these movies of women having their water break everywhere and then all of a sudden they're like huffing and puffing and active labor and it's time to push and they're screaming and it's scary and it's chaotic. I would say that labor and birth are more similar to other bodily processes that we go through on an everyday basis that are normal. Like, I don't know, you poop on a daily basis, hopefully, and you can get sick, right? Like you can get a stomach bug and need help or intervention, but that's not your body's normal state. But pooping is normal. And the same thing can be said about childbirth. Birth is normal and sometimes we need help because things come up. There are things that can be pathological in labor and birth, but that is not the norm, that's the exception. And when you really realize that, you realize that birth is a normal physiologic process that you as a woman were created for, that you have the capability to do this and that it does not need to be scary or painful, you can start to release your fear and that will make your birth experience so much more pleasurable, I promise you. And in saying this, I'm just gonna circle all the way back around to my first point, which is knowledge is power, and the more knowledge you have, the less afraid you will be. So just to recap my top tips for a mom wanting to achieve an unmedicated birth. Number one was get yourself and your partner educated because knowledge is power. Number two, choose the right provider for you. Number three, choose the right birth environment that aligns with what you're looking for. Number four, hire a doula. Number five, know your why and get your partner on board. And lastly, number six, eliminate your fear. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to my very first episode of the Living Waters Birth Podcast. I hope you guys learned something. It was absolutely my pleasure to be talking about this topic with y'all today. I will be back next week with a birth story from a very special guest who is really near and dear to my heart. So please stay tuned and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode of the Living Waters Birth Podcast and I will see you guys next time.